Welcome to the Taproom Success Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to providing you with all the tools you need to build a successful taproom business. I'm Kerry Shumway, a CPA, CFO, and a numbers guy, and I've been working in the beer business for over 20 years. And I'm Andrew Copeland. I'm dedicated to helping taprooms create more memorable and profitable experiences, committed to connecting people within our industry to grow stronger together, and get excited about chasing my son Max around the playground. And we'll be your host. The Taproom Success Podcast will provide you with the data, resources, and support you need to manage and grow your taproom business. Each episode of the podcast will help you achieve taproom success in the areas of marketing, food service, finances, e-commerce, software systems, business strategy, and more. In future episodes, we'll dig in on topics including how to build a connection with guests during even the shortest interactions, keys to building customer relationships, upsell techniques, creating a positive company culture, financial taproom controls, financial reports to track your taproom performance, key metrics tracking systems, and how to build your sales growth model. In addition to the podcast, we have created the Taproom Success Membership. This is your opportunity to access a community of taproom managers and owners, countless hours of on-demand content, and monthly sessions with industry experts on the topics that matter most to you. To learn more, visit taproomsuccess.com. Are you ready to learn proven, profitable, and actionable strategies to implement in your taproom business right away? Okay, let's go. Now, today, you know, there's a topic that you sent over that I'm really intrigued to talk about because so often you and I focus on the taproom where obviously profits are really high for a brewer. But a conversation that I have and I know you have with so many brewery owners and taproom managers, you know, should you take your beer outside the taproom in? You know, I'm so curious about the risk and rewards you know, of distribution. So, you know, I know you can't give that end-all be-all answer for should a brewery do that, but I'd love to really just talk about you know, what are the different options to distribute beer outside the tap room if the tap room manager or owners, you know, considering doing this for the first time? Yeah. And people, it's it's a hot topic. You know, we were at Craft Brewers Conference in Nashville not long ago. And this was a question that I got a lot from people is, and it wasn't really even a question. It was more like, we are going to do this. You know, how should we go about it? So I would start with, it should really be a question because there are risks and rewards, as you said. Uh, considerations. Um, so first off, what are the different options? You know, there's, there's generally two different ways people would go about it. You'd self-distribute your own beer or you'd contract through a wholesaler. And they've each got different considerations with them. Um, you know, with self-distribution, the first the first question really is, what do your state laws allow for? So that's, every state has slightly different twist on, you know, what the rules are. So the first recommendation I give folks is, when you're evaluating, do I self-distribute or do I go through, through a wholesale? See what your options are first from a state law perspective. So, who did, should they talk to to like figure out what their options even are? You know, new brewery owner hasn't done this before. Is there anyone they can reach out to to answer some of these questions you're you know suggesting they look into? Yeah, I would say there's there's probably three ways to go. You know, the easiest and and, and most practical is to find other breweries in your area that have that have kind of done the same thing and just. You know, we all we all know one or two or ten of them, and, and just start out. Hey, yeah, I'm thinking about this. What did you? It's always I, I find it always the best way to learn. Learn from somebody else who's done it. And the next is, you know, you can contact your state guild because they'll have resources and be able to point you. And and even the Brewers Association, you can do some preliminary research. Um, and then each state has they call it different names, but like a state liquor board. So they're they're the ones that are going to be more on the regulatory side. 
um, but it's also good to kind of get their perspective. So I would probably do it in that order. Just and we just put this under like due diligence, you know, market research, um, things of that nature. So first is really just what are the rules, what are the regulations, um, what what can and can't you do? Because they're they're really all different and they're and they're kind of quirky. So that that's kind of step one is, you know, those are your two options: self distribute or go through a wholesaler. And then it's you know what do state rules say? So once they've got to that point, they decided they want to distribute. What are some of the key considerations or watch out when looking to sell your beer through distribution? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is is really the economics of your choices. And one of the things that I've, you know, a cautionary tale is, you know, your tap room is profitable. You're selling direct to consumer. You get nice margins. Um, the challenges, of course, are, you know, getting more people in and marketing and, and so forth. Um and the reasons people might consider, you know, going outside of your taproom is is really a, kind of about growth largely, and and some about brand and branding. Um, so, but when you're doing that, you know, you really just want to be mindful of and aware of what the economics look like. So, um, the watchouts really first would be to do a financial plan and really understand all the components of it. So, when you're self distributing. You know, there's a lot that goes into that. I mean, you've you you need some sort of personnel and vehicle, and you're you're kind of getting into a whole new business too. Now you're becoming, you know, more of a sales and and delivery type business rather than just baking beer and you know providing great customer service. So we definitely recommend folks look at creating a financial pro forma, trying to understand, you know, okay, if I were to self distribute my beer, what are the things that you know, I do need to watch out for. And one is like, well, wh where are you going? And what is the frequency? And what do the logistics look like? And so we start kind of with understanding what the market is, like how many licensed accounts are in your area? How far are you going to travel? How many people might you need? Is it one person in a van? Or are you talking, you know, a couple people in a truck and a, you know, how are you going to get your, and you can bootstrap this. A lot of people do, you know, they just yeah. use their, use their old Subaru wagon and, you know, throw 20 cases and a couple of kegs in there. And yeah, you can do that, but it's, so we really want to watch out first is understand the finances of it and have a good way to really track and measure that going forward so that you, you know, make sure that you kind of get the results you want, which is, which is also another, another important thing is what is the result that you, you know, what are you going for here? So a lot of times I'll, guide, I'll sort of coach people to be very clear about, you know, what success is going to look like what outcome they're trying to achieve. You know, if they really just want to sprinkle the brands out there to draw people into the tap room, well, that's one strategy. But if you really want to grow and expand and, you know, get your beer kind of quote unquote everywhere, well, that's a different strategy. And there's lots of things to be aware of. You know, once you go outside of your, your tap room, it's, it's, a, it's a whole new ball game out there. You know, you're dealing with other retailers on-premise and off-premise, and they've got a lot of needs and they're also being if you're going to self-distribute they're being serviced by you know beer wholesalers who have a lot of infrastructure you know they've got merchandisers and sign making people and sales people and delivery people and a, on and on and on so this is sort of the what you may be compared to is hey my beer wholesaler you know always comes on you know this day at this time they hit the delivery windows are you going to be able to do that so you kind of need to play that game or at least understand the rules of it so that's the biggest watch out is the numbers and then the logistics and what's going to be asked and required of you. A lot of really great insight there, Carrie. Now, I know you love numbers. So what are the most important numbers or key metrics to keep an eye on when it comes to selling beer outside of your tap room? 
I do love numbers. You're right. You are correct. You know, when you're distributing beer, the key number is really your margins. Um, we, we often use the word gross margin for, for breweries when we're producing and, and wholesalers and distribution will use gross profit. It's essentially the same thing. It's what's the difference between the sales and the cost of your product. That's going to be your, your margin or your gross profit. So you really have to have a very good understanding of what that margin is because it changes dramatically. You know, when you're selling a pint over the beer for six, seven or eight dollars, and that's that's a very nice margin. But when you're going and you're shipping cases, you know, to a retailer at a significantly lower price, you know, you need to understand what your costs are for all of your products um, and have a really good handle on that and then understand what the variability in pricing is going to do to your margins. And then to be able to determine, okay, is that margin sufficient to cover all of these additional expenses that I need to add to distribute my beer? In other words, I, I do need to hire a salesperson and we do need to start leasing a van and then we're going to have to get this and that and the other thing. So then just sort of building that up. So margins are really the name of the game. And then the other one I would say, and there's 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 quite a few, but to really kind of get going, it's it's, you know, where what are your target accounts and, and we use the term like uh, points of distribution and then we'll use the term like uh, buy and no buy accounts so super important number i think is how many accounts uh, are within the radius in which you want to distribute and how many of them can you realistically sell to like how many can you get to so really understanding the the dynamics of of what the market is and then how you're going to how you're going to distribute there so i think watching those two out of the gate are are super important for numbers. So for everyone listening today, if they're not distributing right now, like what's one action item they should do following listening to you in this podcast? Yeah, I think one action item is if you're thinking about doing it, I get real clear on what your outcome is. What What is your goal? Um, and then you can kind of build your your plan around that. So as I said earlier, if your goal is you know, we're, we're, we really just want some limited distribution within a 10 to 15 mile radius of of our tap room, and it's for the purposes of, of just getting brand awareness, getting our name out there. Well, that's that's fine. And if it's the opposite, no, we we really feel like we have a brand that we could take, you know, statewide and maybe even within our contiguous states or maybe even beyond. Well, that's a different ballgame altogether. Because now you have to think about, you know, well, how do you produce enough beer and what's your sales and marketing effort going to look like? And are you going to grow through wholesale distribution? And, and if you're going to do it through a wholesaler, there's a whole litany of, of things that you need to kind of understand in that regard. So I think step one is get real clear on what your goal is, what, what outcome you're trying to achieve with distribution. Good tip. So to get away from numbers, let's dive into words. What are you reading right now, Gary, or listening to perhaps? Oh boy, I'm still stuck on a number of these books. I actually just finished, and I think I may have mentioned this before, this book called Smart Brevity. Have we talked about this? You have, one? and I probably need to add it to my list to finally get into it. No, I love it. And I'll just kind of recap it quickly for folks. But there's like, um, I think in any any book, you know, you could probably distill it down to a couple pages. And what I do is I'm I'm sort of a compulsive, I destroy books when I read them. And you know, we're doing a lot of air air travel. And so I'll be reading and I'll be making notes in the margins in the front and the other. And I summarize kind of the key points. And the key point of this book is really, and we know this, we have short attention spans and we need uh information that's gonna kind of capture our attention, but give us the information really quick. Hence the name smart brevity, be, you know, have, have it be valuable, but get, get to the point. So they really say like, look, you, you need to have 
um, why this matters. So if you're communicating something to someone, the first is the first checkbox is, you know, why does this matter? Like, why should I pay attention to this? And you can usually do that in a headline or just one short declarative sentence, as they say. You know, and the next is, well, uh, you know, what do I do with this? Like, what do I do next? You know, to, you know, take this action or or whatnot. You you ask like, what's one thing people should do? And then maybe the conclusion is, hey, I want to know a little bit more about this. I want to go deeper. So it's sort of this structure that you can use to communicate. And I think for Tapper managers owners, you could think about, you know, why does this matter? Why why does this event matter? How is this interesting to you? What could you do next? Oh, buy the ticket here. Oh, I'd like to learn more about. You know, we're going to feature different beers. Click here to learn more about things of that nature. So so it's an interesting model. But it, and it kind of lines up with, you know, I think how we interact with information um, because there's so much information out there. So how about no, you? What, like are you what are you reading, Andrew? So I was going to, you know, drop a book that I'm reading right now and share that. But what you talked about just now reminded me of a conversation I had the other day. I was, you know, interviewing Paul Verdu of Wisconsin Brewing Company. He's had a, like a 25 year career, worked with some of the biggest breweries in the company on the big beer side of things before being a partner at Wisconsin Brewing Company. I'm hoping to actually meet him in a couple of weeks. But one terminology he used that really stuck with me, he said the term fresh consistency. Now, Paul's background is in the marketing branding side of things. So he's all about innovation, all about creativity. And when he said fresh create fresh consistency, what he meant by that is you need to be consistent what you put out there but you continually need to be thinking of those fresh, new, innovative, creative ideas. It was a really neat concept. And, you know, he wasn't sure if he's the one who coined it or if it's just something that's been, you know, in his word bank for years, but it really resonated with me because breweries out there these days and tap rooms out there, you can't just stay consistent. You know, often you and I, we might joke about, you know, what events going on at the brewery this week? Oh, it's trivia again, trivia again, trivia again. You just kind of hear these ideas recycled and it's so important whether you're talking about event planning or the taproom experience, what are ways you can reinvigorate that also remain consistent? That way, when someone comes in the taproom, they don't feel like they're visiting a completely different brewery. You got to stay true to your values, you know, and what the experience is you want to put out there, but also constantly evolve so people don't get bored because we all have attention spans, short attention spans. We're all scrolling. We're all, you know, looking for the next cool thing to find. But if you can find a way to stay fresh and consistent, it can result in, you know, a neat way to always stay top of mind. So, you know, rather than a book recommendation today, you get a quote that someone shared with me. I think it's fantastic. And you know what I love is these little, uh, this, this, there's a description for this that's that's failing me right now, but it's like they're like little prompts, right? So, um, like everything you just said, that like it, consistency is so important, whether it's you know in business or in life. Like you need to do things consistent, do the right things consistently. But to your point, kind of keep them fresh, vary it up. So that that's a good sort of prompt reminder. Like when we kind of get stuck in our our routines and we're feeling like it's a drudgery, you know, just remember fresh consistency and. And that's one reason, you know, I love when we have our monthly mastermind, because you, you never know who's going to show up sometimes. There's taproom managers, owners from all across the country, and we'll throw out these questions, these talking points. And when someone just shoots out an idea, and I pause, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never thought of that before, and that's a fantastic idea. You know, these ideas we can get from others, I think, really, really help us stay fresh and consistent. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's a good point. Like the masterminds that we do, you know, for those listening that aren't members of Taproom Success and go to taproomsuccess.com and learn more about how to join us. But we do these monthly masterminds. We bring people together. We have a specific topic or set of topics. And there's a lot of information sharing ideas, best practices. And to your point, Andrew, it's like, there is that weird thing that happens when you get in a group and you're like, wow, I never would have, I never would have come up with that. And it's sort of this combination of different perspectives and different, you know, ideas and whatnot that's, that can kind of really gel together and create something really cool. So I think that's one of the, I think the biggest benefits of, of, of the membership and the community that we've created is, is to have these people come together, you know, to network with one another, but also to share those ideas and stuff they can take back and actually use in their business. I 100% agree. Can't wait for the next one. This has been a fun one, Carrie, today. I've really enjoyed, you know, talking about that fresh consistency here in your book reviews, but really kind of giving those insights that you offered earlier about whether or not a brewery should distribute and what they should consider if so. So thanks for all the fantastic conversation today. And everybody, we'll see you inside Taproom Success. Thank you for listening to the Taproom Success Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to providing you with all the tools you need to build a successful taproom business. To learn more about the Taproom Success membership and how you can join our community of taproom professionals, please visit taproomsuccess.com.